Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. This is the show. I'm starting it now. This is Jeff. I'm the host of it. You know the name of the show from before in the intro when I said it. There's some spooky music that plays. Um, it's It's got like a sort of meandering melody to it. Um, it's not as... I would say it's not as catchy as the um, like spooky circus music we used to use before episode 50, but it's also got complexity to it, and there's like a weird digitized laugh in there. That's one of my favorite things to hear in an old video game is like uh, digitized voice work. Um, like if you are in, I think, Carnival Night zone in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Uh, it uses a digitized sample from the song Jam by Michael Jackson where it goes Jam! And you can hear the guy say jam through the Sega Genesis sample track. That's what he was saying the whole time? Yeah, that's that's from the song Jam and I believe that's the start of I don't know the rapper who does it. It's some famous early 90s rapper starting his rap that starts with jam, jam, blah, 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 because ev- that's the flow of every early 90s rap. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, that, uh, like, I don't know why there was any debate as to whether there was Michael Jackson music in Sonic 3 if you heard that sample and the song Jam, because it's literally, like, it's there. It's just directly (laughs) lifted. You can hear it. (laughs) To be fair, I don't remember that, and apparently Judd didn't know what the word was that was being said, so it's not super clear. (laughs) I guess, but, like, I feel like when people were trying to solve the mystery of uh, where, like, what did Michael Jackson work on in Sonic 3, the most popular thing is... Uh, one of the bass lines sounds like a slowed down version of the bass line from, uh, uh, oh, what is it? Smooth Criminal. And it's like, I mean, I guess if you want to, like, do, th- but, like, there is just a sample from a song in it. Hmm. You could just I cite heard, that. I heard that if you get all seven Chaos Emeralds and then you go into the special stage where you collect the orbs and then you go in between two bumpers and you stay there for three hours... Michael Jackson comes out and he's like, congratulations. And then you get to play the rest of the game as Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's actually true. (laughs) Michael Jackson and Sonic destroy a car with baseball bats together. (laughs) Wait, that's like Michael Jackson and Street Fighter. (laughs) No, he did that in the video for Black and White. Come on, Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. Well, that would would have made a really good tie-in with Street Fighter where like he and Ryu are like beating up a car. Together. It's weird how much I know about the uh, career and artistic output of Michael Jackson, who I don't like very much, either as a person or artist. (laughs) I really like the song Thriller and that one video where he does the moonwalk for the first time in public on television uh, to Billie Jean. But other than that, it's like, well, there's people who didn't touch kids that are uh, (laughs) like good musical artists also. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, yes, that's true. (laughs) 
But he was, he <laughs> anyway, was so this super is... famous, he got to, uh, like, work with all the best people. So a lot of the stuff he made was pretty amazing for that, if nothing else. Yeah, that's true. Oh, did you see that weird thing? Um, people have been digging up some of Donald Trump Jr.'s tweets from the past, and his tweets around uh, Michael Jackson's death were just weirdly oblivious, because um, he being the son of a billionaire in the late 80s and early 90s, was friends with Michael Jackson as a child. It's bad. It's bad for <laughs> Apparently involved. Michael Jackson uh, borrowed his copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES and never returned it. <laughs> I think it was the NES. He might have not specified a system. I bet, I bet Don Jr. just started charging interest like after the first 30 days <laughs> there were two tweets like years apart about <laughs> it's up to seven million dollars now <laughs> oh jeez. all right anyway we're four and a half minutes into this episode <laughs> and i haven't introduced the guests or started talking about creepypastas i like to do long intros because it means we don't have to talk about the stories uh as much and like that's the hard part because it's a literary analysis show which means of course i have to do like brain thinking. Anyway, uh, I have two returning guests, uh, fan favorites. Please welcome back to the show, Louisa Heron. Hello. And Judd Matarang. Oh, hi. I couldn't hear you. You cut out there for a second. So I just uh, I just heard you say, uh, Ang, and I was like, oh, no, that's me. Is it, did this become like an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast? But, uh, okay. That is... Super unfortunate. Um, I thought you had just forgotten how to be on the show, despite <laughs> having just been on our 100th episode like a month ago. Uh, anyway, we have a story brought to us uh, from the suggestion list. It was wrenched from the depths of the suggestion pile by Louisa and suggested by uh, Facebook user Jason Lee, who uh, suggests a lot of stories for us. He's very active on our Facebook group. Uh, and the story is called Mayhem Mountain. It was voted, it has a flare next to it, Scariest Story 2015. Now, I don't know if that means that it is the one, like, they voted it Scariest Story for that year, or if that award goes to multiple stories in a year. Like, here's t the ten scariest stories, or whatever. Because, <laughs> um, like, they <laughs> this board has... I think, let me look, I think 10 million subscribers. <laughs> um, That's pretty impressive. It, oh, no. I clicked the Reddit alien that was dressed up like No Sleep, and it went to the Reddit homepage. You'd think having done 80 episodes <laughs> of a podcast about Reddit, I would understand the functions of the website. <laughs> uh, and this show, I guess, probably at least a quarter of our episodes are Reddit stories, so like, I should <laughs> be a Reddit expert by now. I'm not. There's 11.8 million Redditors subscribed. 2,400 are uh, browsing right now, uh, which makes sense, because it's, it's coming up on bedtime for uh for the eastern united states so i guess they would want to make sure that they don't sleep mm, uh some people like reading spooky stories at night not me <laughs> like usually written text doesn't scare me but just in case i still make sure to read the stories for the show like in daylight <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but anyway, the point is, there are a ton, a ton, a ton of submissions and readers on No Sleep. I can't imagine that this story, which Louisa will now summarize for us, was the scariest one of 2015. Mm. Go ahead. Um, I forget on this show whether you, like, spoil the ending when you do a summary or not. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Um, we, we, some, we... Try to, like, maintain the surprises in the order they come, um, but sometimes halfway through it's, like, important to retelling it, like, oh yeah, by the way, you should know, at the end of the story, uh, there's a big monster who eats everyone. <laughs> okay, That's so not this... a real spoiler for this story. <laughs> this story is about a, uh, a male protagonist, uh, it's all from his point of view, uh, he and his high school friends and his sister uh, have grown up and they've purchased a amusement park which is now abandoned uh, near where they grew up and they're super excited to be able to reopen it and they've gotten some of the rides inspected so they have all headed up there I think there's six of them five of them uh, I'm uh, I want to scroll down and look there's too many to, there's Charlotte and the main character uh, I don't know who the main character what the main character's Mark. name is does anyone even say Mark it's Mark okay. yeah I is that a, I feel like that name has come up for the protagonist in No Sleep Stories There's a lot. Charlotte, anyway. Mark, Brandon, Tyler, Koji, Danny, Scott, and Scott is the last Scott, one. That's Danny seven. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. That's yeah. It's so it's like it's a it's a good old uh, losers club of kids <laughs> uh, coming coming now, back they here. Bought this amusement park. <laughs> Yep, and now Pennywise is going to eat them now that it's 27 years after their fun adventures. Uh, so they've been told the inspectors checked out some of the rides and they can ride them. And uh, the protagonist, and I think one of his friends' favorite, is the ride called Mayhem Mountain. Is that what it's called? I don't remember all of a sudden. Yes. Okay. Mayhem Mountain, which is a. Mayhem Mountain it, is the title, the title of the story. It's only the title of the story, yeah, you know. Yes. <laughs> The eponymous ride. And they get on it, and they ride it, and it's fun like they remember, but then they realize that there's another track that is shown in from the control booth, so they decide to check that out. And... Yeah, it says track B, yes. and uh, one of the characters is like, oh, that probably just leads to the maintenance shed. And then another character, being a huge correcty asshole, is like, uh, no, because that track that leads to the maintenance shed always has a specific label that isn't track B, so it can't possibly be that. <laughs> I'm very unlikable. <laughs> they also say like, that the part inspector just really must stuck have out to checked me. out the other track, because <laughs> he must have known about it and not told them, which is an interesting yeah. uh, idea for them to think. Oh, no, it's the opposite. They say, like, don't go on it because the inspector, there's no way the inspectors knew about it if we didn't know about it. I thought they said the opposite as well, but maybe not. Maybe I'm imagining what they would have said. <sighs> so yeah, they go and on then, it, and then <laughs> and then the label falls off from track B, and it says like roller coaster death machine, kid furnace, and then <laughs> child furnace. <laughs> Uh, so they go on this track. It turns out that it is lots of ways to die uh, slowly enough that you can see it coming ahead of time and get super scared. And at one point, you have to choose which track you go onto, and it's unclear what's going to happen. On some of them, it's a very obvious death, and some of them, it's not. And they try a few different. Uh, they discuss a few different things, and they pick one. And they try it, 
The protagonist decides the only way he can survive this is if he jumps out at the right moment, and he encourages everyone else to do that, but they don't. And he breaks a few bones, he lands on the ground, but the rest of them die. They all fall into nothingness. Down a mine shaft, I think? It's yep, just a, like that. a big hole in the ground, which, by the way, he, okay, he says that uh, after his friends fall in, like, he crawls over there. It takes him, like, days to crawl over to the <laughs> hole. And then he takes a screw that he found on the ground and he throws it in and waits until he hears a sound. He said it takes him 30 seconds. I looked up how long that is for an object to fall. That's 2.75 miles <laughs> down. It's how? like he he's in, how? like, his well, friends fell the into the earth's, his friends <laughs> fell into the earth's core, basically. Is, is That's the end of the ride. You get thrown into the earth's molten core and you die. That's too, really, like, he didn't even bother to look up. He could have just said, like, 10 seconds or something like that. But no, 30 full seconds. As a writer, I am constantly Googling stuff. Like, I had to do distance today, and I've decided for some reason that the characters in this fantasy world will use the metric system. Uh, and I'm like, uh, two or three meters, that's like six to nine feet. That'll be far enough. No, like, I had to up it. Like, you just, <laughs> it's very quick to Google distances or, like, the time, like, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> It's fascinating to see message boards uh, for authors where they're like, I'm trying to write a story about a vampire. How long do you think you could survive on, you know, one pint of blood? <laughs> All the things you have to figure out. But this one's pretty straightforward. There's just physics involved in this one. Also, did you know? Did you notice that he said after he tossed the screw, just a screw, like a very small screw <laughs> down the hole, that after it fell for 2.75 miles that he heard a metallic ding. <laughs> Yeah. Really? <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, it fell two miles away and he somehow heard the noise. It was so quiet. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, did Oh, did we finish the, the, do the like, epilogue to the action? No. Uh, he, while he's down there waiting for something else to happen, he's too injured to really do anything for himself. Uh, he Oh, I should have said his sister was the one running the ride rather than getting on it. So she's still back in the control booth. Uh, he notices. Yep, so the other five people totally died. <laughs> he notices in this huge room, this huge death trap of tracks and uh, horrible ways to die, that there's a long viewing window up top with one chair in it, and it's all dusty and dark, but that's super spooky because I guess I should have said earlier <laughs> the guy who owned the park was a uh, millionaire's son, billionaire's son, and he. Uh, it was very strange and reclusive, and apparently there's good enough foreshadowing that you get the idea that he liked to sit up there and watch people die in this roller coaster trap. Yeah, and the weird part is, after that, uh, the guy, the main character, Mark, I guess, wakes up at the hospital, and his sister is like, they didn't let me ride in the ambulance with you, <laughs> and also some, like men in black, like, weird suits told me something that I'm not gonna tell the audience and neither will you, uh, <laughs> that convinced me not to tell anyone about this crazy, uh, murder park. Like, mm -hmm. uh, what? <laughs> you need to... Okay, writer. <laughs> you need to tell us that. You can't, like, 
you can't stick us on the other side of a glass wall from this beautiful 20-piece chicken nuggets <laughs> of a story point and be like, ah, sorry, these, um... These aren't for you. You have to leave. <laughs> no, see, I don't like, mind it because anything that uh, it would be said would just be bullshit. We all know. But the idea that a billionaire, the, this billionaire who abandoned this park, apparently owns other parks. We find out, and there's missing people around those parks too. And uh, so, like the idea that this billionaire threatened her or tried to pay her off or something like that feels believable to me. I didn't mind that. But, like, what? it would be so easy to, like, they <laughs> own the park. It would be so easy to be like, look, come onto the property I own and look at this murder cave that is very clearly from the previous owner. <laughs> yeah, uh, true. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It's fine. It's fine that they didn't say, they didn't tell them, you know, why they couldn't talk about it or reveal that to the audience because that would mean that the story would be even longer than it is. So, and that's that, if you're going to ask me what my scariest part is, it's that. That is the scariest part. It's so long. It's I so long. To the, I listened to the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights version, which was only 45 minutes. I just played Picross. Uh, it was fine. But I almost always listen to the audio stories, and 45 minutes is fairly long, though not the longest. Uh, I think Psychosis was... Uh, like an hour and a half. Baraska was super long. Hmm. Um, so, uh, because I've been doing the show for every episode, this one didn't strike me as long. <laughs> but because you guys haven't, I am realizing now that, yeah, it was kind of long. <laughs> it didn't bother me, though. To... The length of it, I mean. Uh, okay. I thought it was fine. Uh, I feel like Judd probably has the same problem I have, where reading is a chore. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Especially, <laughs> Especially when it's very poorly written and very bloated with a lot of... Oh, interesting. Like, there, there's so much description of what it's like to be on a roller coaster. It's like, just, just... If you don't know what a roller coaster is like, just open up a YouTube video of, like, what it's like to be in front of a roller coaster because... Uh, I don't need the fucking play by play from this guy. It's like, then we, how many times did he say, like, and then we went down the tester hill, and then we went up the lift hill, and then we went, and, and then we went in a loop de loop. Whoa. Like, he said, it, yeah. He just does <laughs> I it. I think it's like, very clear that C.K. Walker, the author of this story, and also, fun fact, the author of Baraska, the other longest creepypasta of all time, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's very clear that they read, like, a Wikipedia article on how roller coasters work, or, like, watched a documentary <laughs> about Disney World, and they were like, ooh. Or they were playing uh, Theme Park Tycoon, and mm -hmm. were like, what if this was real instead of just me killing people in a video game? Uh, it's interesting, Jed, that you say it was poorly written, because I browsed a few of the... Uh, choices Jeff offered us for doing the show, and uh, mm -hmm. I was like, "Wow, this one, this the one I picked, uh, Mayhem Mountain, was actually better written than many creepy pastas." So, oh, I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> Jeff and I just read Jeff the Killer like last month, and that, and, oh, and yeah. guess anything relating, you know, relative to that is, yeah, Shakespeare. I think the problem. I think the problem is that, like, I thought the quality of writing was fine, but the idea isn't strong enough. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, 
It's not either outlandish enough or good enough. It's just like, oh, it's a roller coaster that kills people. It's kind of boring. <laughs> I yeah. think the protagonist shouldn't have gotten away at the end. I think he should have noticed that there was the viewing window, and then he should have died down there anyway. That's the main problem with no sleep stories, is if it's told from a first-person perspective, you it's like almost inevitable that they're going to survive. Uh, yeah, they, because, they have to. Uh, some people don't keep with the format of the thing being real, and like I think Psychosis might have been a um, no sleep story. I could be wrong about that, but the person does not have access to the internet at the end of that story, and the like epilogue is told from a third person omniscient perspective. So, um, but yeah, for the most part, these stories are like this scary thing happened to me. Um, Okay. So, like, a lot of authors keep with that form, and therefore, uh... So he had to get away from kind of story. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, hey, I'm telling you about this scary thing that happened to me on this Reddit board that we have all agreed to pretend is where we go to talk about real, <laughs> actual, scary things that have really happened to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna write about how these people told us never to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a common trope I'm noticing in no sleep stories is someone uh usually they start the story with they told me never to say or like I promised I wouldn't tell or like I haven't told anyone because no one would believe me. Um and then they're telling the story here for the first time because it's in the rules that you have to believe them. I think it might also be in the rules that you have to pretend that that's not one of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that really threw me for a uh, loop, and I didn't know that. Ah, uh, no! Hey! hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that no sleep boards had that rule that everyone had to pretend it was all real. And uh, <laughs> so, when you read the comments, you were like, <laughs> "Well, why does everyone here think it happened?" <laughs> well, <laughs> do they one, not know it it's a story? It's a scary story board. <laughs> the comments were just people negatively saying, "Like, well, the inspector would have noticed this room," <laughs> which is something you would say if it was supposed to be true and if it was supposed to be a story. So that worked out. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh yeah, someone someone even posted a comment. It's like a story from the perspective of a rider and roller coaster tycoon. <laughs> That's the one I meant. Where you just uh, not theme park tycoon, where someone just removes the, a piece of the track in the middle, like while you're yep. already riding on it. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so Judd, we know you didn't like the story, <laughs> Louisa. How did you feel about it? I thought it was pretty good. I think you're right that the climax wasn't like effective enough somehow. I don't quite know what it is. I think Judd is right that it stretched out too long. And it just wasn't scary enough. I like that there was nothing supernatural about this story. It was just like a horrible person with enough money to make this place. That Like, that's the terror, mm. which I like. But I don't think it was realized fully. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think that there's nothing wrong with the concept. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a little boring, but there's nothing wrong with it. I just thought that it meanders so much in the big, like not, well, I guess in the beginning and in the middle, it just takes so long <laughs> to get to the point. You know, there's, they, they, they build the world so much and then there's no 
like payoff for all that world building. There's no reason to get to know these characters yeah. well enough. Yeah. You sure. know, there's like there's like 70 characters in it. I don't even remember. <laughs> like when one of them dies, I'm like, what does this guy even look like? They all just look like in my head. They're all generic white people except for Koji, who I guess is like their token Asian friend. I don't know. Um, and and that's like pretty much all I all I could see was just like these faceless people just dropping out of this roller coaster. They all like I was reading it to myself, and they all had the same voice in my head because there was literally nothing to distinguish them from each other except that one guy's a pothead. That's pretty much it. That's interesting because there is uh, in the audio version that I read, it was uh, they were like distinguishable from one another. Huh. So it's interesting. Um, like the guy did a good job reading it. Um, this is man. It's like I don't even know what to say about the story because there's just so very little. It's like Baraska is another story by the same author that's very long and does a ton of world building and like time skips and. Uh, it's, but what's interesting about it is you don't really understand the full nature of what's scary about the world until the end of the story. As soon as you start this and they're like, we bought a theme park and we love roller coasters, <laughs> you know based on that and the title that they're going to go on a roller coaster that will kill them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no, It's I guess it's supposed to be a twist that... A deranged billionaire built it to kill children, but like, I mean, of course he did. Like, the devil didn't put this roller coaster there. <laughs> that would have been a way better story. I think it might have been better if, like, because uh, we know this this supposed deranged billionaire is still alive. It would have been good if he'd, like, snuck back into the park, maybe, and forced them to go on the other track, and they didn't want that, and they were, like, screaming, yeah. no, we don't want to be on this track, and the sister's like, oh, I don't know, I didn't change it. And then he's watching them the whole time, and the guy sees that at the end. But the fact that it's all just empty, like, it feels like there's nothing to be afraid of anymore, I guess. Yeah, they don't see any scary things. It's just like, ah, uh, the roller coaster went slowly upside down and then took off the seatbelts, <laughs> and you fell out. So here's my question, guys. If you are the carny who is operating this ride... <laughs> And you pull the switch so that the people on it go to track B. How do you run all the way to that secret room so that you can view it from your secret window? Like, I don't really understand how that's supposed to work. Does, are they? Is he in cahoots with a different carny, like the billionaire yeah, he guy? Must have had like the billionaire. I'm imagining is in the room and had one of his goons running the ride. I, yeah, I guess. I. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm curious where I'm curious where author CK Walker um grew up because uh according to her website, she lives in Phoenix, Arizona. Um or says is an author from Phoenix, Arizona. So either she's from there or she lives there now. But this story definitely feels like something that you would write uh having grown up on legends about New Jersey's famous action park. <laughs> People mm. were saying a lot of the things about this uh, theme park in the story is just like a place in LA. I forget what, what it's called, but there's a park there mm. that has a lot of the same rides. Like it lines up pretty well. <sighs> Boring. Oh yeah, it's that little one called uh, Disneyland, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mickey Mouse watching. I want to. Uh, 
I, I want to rewrite this based, based on Action Park. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's go for spookiest parts. Judd, what's the spookiest part of the story for you? Surely it couldn't have all been garbage. <laughs> um, well, no. Um, I think... The, the first time that I ever got, like, a tinge of, like, ooh, this is starting to get spooky was when they when they just saw, like, graffiti on the walls. I was like, what happened to the kids? Where are the kids? And I was like, I was like, ooh, this could be, this could be kind of scary. And I thought they were going to build off of that, right? And then they didn't. They just didn't say anything about it until the very, very end. Um and I also thought it would be, would have been creepier if maybe like that guy, you know, he's at the end. Mark is like looking up at the window and he sees the seat, and maybe the the seat is like slowly rotating, like someone just As got if up. Someone just yeah, got, out got of up it, and yeah. left or something like that, and would have been even creepier than just seeing an old dusty seat. Like, oh, it was the seat the whole time. <laughs> he was pulling the strings. Um, but yeah, I, I guess when they when the author tried to start making stuff spooky was the only actual spooky part. Maybe watching all my friends die would be spooky too, I guess. <laughs> if it happened to you, it would be scary. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, Louisa, how about you? Um, I liked a couple things. I liked when they are on track B and things start it starts to go really slowly. And like turn upside down really slowly, and uh, the protagonist is saying like, "Try to hold onto the bottom of your seat," and some of his friends aren't able to do it, and they fall. But that is such a nightmare slash childhood phobia, I think, that like something terrible is gonna happen, and no one will protect you. Like, mm. I don't especially know on a it. roller coaster. Yeah, that this horrible machine is just gonna do this thing, and there's no way to stop it, and you're too weak, and you're you're too small to do anything about it. So, like <laughs> that was scary. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, it makes me think the author also had childhood phobias like that. And uh, the other thing I liked was uh, near the end of that, where they have to choose which track they're gonna go on. Because mm. that's such a good horror thing. I know the Saw movies, which I have not seen, but I know they're kind of based around that. Like, <laughs> giving the person in your trap a little tiny bit of agency. But, you oh, know... I, I dig that yeah, a lot. Yeah, you know, whatever you choose is still going to be terrible. So that was pretty good. Yeah, there... There's a moment in the video game Until Dawn, which I still haven't finished, no spoilers. Oh. Um, okay, where I won't say anything. You're set up with a trap, and you have to choose between the weird kid in your group that everyone kind of doesn't like but feels bad for because his sisters died, like, a year ago, um, and the girl you have a crush on. Uh, <laughs> and you have to choose which of them will get cut in half with a big saw blade, and you have to, like, obviously do the choice, because they have, like, a jigsaw come on screen and be like live or die the choice is yours and it's like move it that way if you want to save that person and move it the other way to save the other person and like they will know before they die which person you chose and i sat like i paused the game and was like oh no i hate this because it's definitely gonna be like it's either gonna do it and that's gonna be like 30 seconds of feeling really bad and then the other person is gonna be like I can't believe you chose to kill our friend <laughs> or it's gonna do the opposite of what I pick and then I have to hang out with the person who I chose to die <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, I, fun fact Jeff uh, you can play the game in such a way that 
every single person can live, but you, it's very difficult and you have to make all the right choices, but you can theoretically save everybody from I'm dying. I'm very close. I think uh, only two people have died because I'm not good at quick time events and one of the, th- oh, like, you God. had to go really yes. fast. <laughs> I know, I know you what had, you're talking about. Yeah. That's, that's so cheap. That's, I there's a that. part where There's a part where Brett Dalton from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has to, like, go save someone, and if you don't pick the, like, harder path and do all the quick time events, you're not fast no. enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That was tough. Also, that that forty five year old man is playing a teenager in this video game, but it's motion capture, so whatever. <laughs> I think Remy um, Malik is actually in it too, isn't he? Yeah, he's the he's the main kid. He's the the weird friend. Yeah, uh, it's got a bunch of like famos in it. It's uh, Remy Malik, uh, Brett Dalton, and Hayden Panettiere. Oh yes, are yes. like the three of the major characters in it. And Peter Stormare plays uh, the, like, in-between psychiatrist segment guy. Oh, um, okay. Um, yeah, that's a good game, and I want to finish it now that October's over and I don't have to uh, <laughs> ramp my anxiety up for two hours every night to watch a scary movie. Now that the ghosts and ghouls <laughs> can't get you anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the haunting, the witching hour is, the witching month is over. <laughs> um, anyway, I think my scariest part was... Um, after the first death, where, like, one of their friends just fell off into this pit, and he didn't notice until, another, like, they were ready for the next death spiral. He was just like, I looked back, and, like, that guy was gone. Um, or the part where, I think, Koji falls out, uh, lands on the track below them, and then they run him over with uh, the roller coaster. Yeah. That was pretty gruesome. Um the choice aspect was not as because it's like such a light choice it didn't give me the anxiety <laughs> that like saw does because in saw it's like starve to death here or cut your leg off the choice is yours or like you can get that bear trap that will tear your face open off if you cut your right eye out because that's where the key is it's behind your eye like uh that's crazy (laughs) you can like permanently disfigure yourself or die and in this one it's just like hey there's another track and they don't know it's bad <laughs> they don't have to it's almost like an accident like they didn't have to go on it and it's, which I guess you know is what? a different kind of anxiety you know what should have happened at that point they should have had like <laughs> they should have had test cars that you could watch and you could see yeah. what's gonna happen like the one that goes into the pool you just like watch it do all the loops and then like drop and sink like a stone or the one that goes into the hole in the ground it's just like here now you get a preview a preview of how you're gonna die. Maybe that would have made yeah, it a little creepier. Just show, like, or just, like, they shouldn't have gone on the uninspected Track B ride. <laughs> they should have just sent an empty car and waited and seen what happened. Yep. Yeah, I never would have done um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that's, I think that's all we have to say about this story, right? Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts before we move on to plugs? Oh, I wanted I wanted to go back to uh, Louise's point real quick about when she said it's it's creepy when you're on a ride and there's nothing that you can do, you know, like it, you're 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 pretty much resigned to your fate. Have you ever? Yeah, if, Ki- if King Dakar decides to explode, you're just dead. <laughs> like you can't. I I think probably one of the funniest and the worst 
pranks that that have I've ever seen pulled on people is like when someone you know that like slingshot ride that that you start at the bottom uh, and you get thrown up um that yeah. someone will walk by the slingshot ride and then drop like a bolt on the floor and then pick it up and be like huh and then the person just launches into the air and so the whole time while they're going up there they're like fuck it's going to come apart i'm going to fucking die up here but the uh the theming for the roller coaster uh the Hulk roller coaster in Universal Studios is such that your Dr. Bruce Banner being strapped into a thing that is supposed to like turn you into the Hulk in a controlled way. <laughs> that's like the story of this roller coaster. Yeah. And the first thing that happens is you get the scientist voiceover being like, All right, Dr. Banner, we're just going to strap you in and then start up the machine and wait, something's wrong. And then you're going 60 miles an hour above <laughs> Universal Studios, right after someone has just been like, oh, this ride's messed up. <laughs> oh, I love that, though. I think that's the best thing about all <laughs> themed uh, roller coasters that have, like, a whole story and characters or uh, a ride uh, uh, captain who tells you stuff. The fact that, like, yeah. going up Splash Mountain, there's the animatronic animals that are like, mm, I wouldn't go that way. That's an awful high drop. I love <laughs> they build things up for you in that. That is the best thing about roller coasters. <laughs> oh, man, there is nothing more fun in this world than waiting online for Tower of Terror, to be honest. <laughs> like, it's more fun than the ride itself, because you're just walking through an episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> Aren't they closing uh, yeah. that, too? It's such a shame. They're turning it into a Guardians of the Galaxy ride, I believe. Oh, I've never even I've never even been on it, I think. It's it was very incredible. Yes. It was uh I went on it right after they just changed it to be uh random every time, like twice in a row. Uh so like each ride was different and it was really weird cuz the first time it opens up above the park and then there's like a beat after the doors finish opening and then it drops and that was cool. And then the next time we went up and we were waiting for the doors to open and then we dropped in the dark <laughs> and the doors opened while we were dropping to show us falling. <laughs> Uh, so good. Uh, anyway, the takeaway from this story for me is I love theme parks, and I'm not going to go on any roller coasters ever again in my life, because now they're too scary. <laughs> well, what about the fun, um, like, Disney-style ones? Like, uh, I absolutely love a Big Thunder Mountain. That's my favorite roller coaster. I like Aerosmith's Rock and Roller That's Coaster, and I like Hulk, and I've been on... What did I go? Were you with us, Louisa, when me and Matt and a bunch of people went to Six Flags a few years ago? I don't think I was. Uh, I've been there though. Anyway, I went on. Matt made Matt bullied me into going on a bunch of those, and I felt like sick all day. <laughs> I think I went on Green Lantern, Bizarro, and there might have been some kind of Batman ride. Um, that those 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 Six Flags ones are too scary, <laughs> but I really really loved Hulk and uh, Rock and Roller Coaster because you're enclosed and there's a fun story and they're uh, fast start one. They're not like click 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 mm. drop. They like launch you with magnets, so you're immediately <laughs> going top speed. Yeah, my secret is I always look at the warnings outside of a roller coaster, and if they're super serious, like don't get on this if you have a heart condition, then I don't want to get on it either. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I like the little baby coasters that don't uh, take you up too high. Oh, <laughs> uh, but they all are all the baby ones are always so rickety because they don't need to be as safe. That's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let's get into our plugs. Judd, where can the people interact with you online in a way that you will find pleasurable? <laughs> On Twitter uh, at Cephalic Static. 
And Louisa, how about you? Do you have any, uh, I mean, I know all the projects you have to plug, including that Pokemon recipe that I, at this point, I'm just going to wait until uh, Pokemon comes out to post it because I kept forgetting. (laughs) See, you're guilty because you haven't done that. And I am guilty because I have done a Discworld pie recipe that I haven't even written up yet. I've taken all the photos. (laughs) Oh, no. But uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Heronbird. My account is locked, but that's only because of co-workers. So I will let you follow me if you want to. And you can, of course, go to patreon.com slash jeffjk, where you can subscribe for a mere $1 per month, and you'll get two bonus shows and one bonus piece of writing. And because I'm going to try to write 1,667 words every day this month for National Novel Writing Month, I will hopefully have a serialized version of the ongoing uh, fantasy story I've been I've been writing. I went through and revised it like a week ago, and now I added an additional 1,700 words to it today, and hopefully by the time this month is over, I will be over 60,000 words long, (laughs) which should hopefully be a full novel. Um, I mean, Carrie, the novel Carrie by Stephen King is pretty thin, and that's, I believe, 63,000 words. So, like, books are long, (laughs) y'all. Uh, the the novel It by Stephen King is 444,000 words. Wow. I believe it's his longest uh, by word count. Um, it's also his most beloved, which is weird, because he's often criticized for writing books that are too long, but everyone's favorite book of his is too long. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you can go to Instagram and follow me at JeffJK. Um <sighs> Oh, if you want to go to Etsy, I guess I'll still do Etsy stuff. Etsy.com slash shop slash funtimesonline. You can go to funtimes.online, which is my website, where you can listen to other episodes of this show, and you can also listen to the other podcast I do with Louisa and um, her brother Matt, who has also been on this show, called Seeing Reddit, where we review Reddit boards uh, at random and do a bad job of it, especially (laughs) if the random board we get is boring or about knives or discusses an anime we don't know about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or the many, many Uh, MMORPGs we seem to get. Oh my god. (laughs) All, every... Every here's the list of subreddits that exist uh, for boring sci-fi MMOs that I've never heard of, uh, towns in Canada, and American professional sports teams. Those are the three categories of subreddit. Yes. Uh, anyway, that's um that's all we have to say about this show. You also have uh, a this- Facebook group. Oh yeah, I you, you reminded me to plug it on the 100th episode, and I remembered after that, too. Go join Creepy Podsta fan group on Facebook. You can talk about the show um, with other fans and post suggestions in our pinned thread, which I think has over 100 comments now. I have to go back through and expand that suggestions list again. We're only down to, like, a dozen stories on it. Um, anyway, I know that somewhere in that park, some ride in some corner has a track B. <laughs> Thank you.